Hello, everybody, and welcome to iCast Fireball, an actual 5e D&D adventure where we play through the Tyranny of Dragons campaign. I am Thomas, your dungeon master for this campaign here, and we have our characters... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Great. Well... Last we left our characters, they had all gathered together in the little quaint town of Greenest, south of most of Faerun, and a little bit off the beaten path in regards to civilization, but nonetheless, a wonderful place where one of these players call home. As the night was ensuing, some general revelry and possibly introductions were occurring. A drinking game was forced upon one of our members, Lance in particular, while Mal was brought into it of her own free will. A surprise to everybody, including the players outside of the game, Lance was the one who won the competition. Fleeple, who was the part-time bookie for the night, along with his boss, Bevan, they were able to divide the winnings between Lance, who very graciously shared some of that winnings as well. Just as the drinking game was dying down, however, screams erupted from the tavern, the winged dragon that they were all in, and a bunch of kobolds and some drakes ran in and started harassing some of the townsfolk. Acting quickly, Fleeple jumped onto the bar and cast a few spells and was able to eliminate some of these kobolds. Lance hid behind a overturned table while Mal uh, was able to go toe-to-toe with some uh, with a drake and with a kobold as well. After a few of their allies had been defeated, they all ran away, and this is where we find our adventurers here. So, the kobolds had run away, the drakes had run away. Lance, you're hidden, but Mal, you had uh, asked Fleeple a question. This is where... We come back to our adventure. I did. What did I ask him? Where's I the bathroom? Him. No, I didn't. He's, he was ex- explaining something, and I was like, a what? What? What is that? <laughs> but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> what was that? What, Fleeple? What? What? Fleeple, expand. You asked me what those were. Yeah. What were those? <laughs> <laughs> Good start. So, uh, yeah, Fleeple is obviously very shaken by the whole experience. Uh, All of these kobolds entering into this tavern looking very much like him, and he's kind of shaking. He turns towards you and says, They are Tiathar, the spawn of Tiamat. They do evil all across these lands, and I must do my business to stamp them out where I can. Oh. Uh, uh, why are they here? Uh, I look towards the door through which the remaining kobolds and drakes exited, and I say, Well, I suppose there's only one good way to find out. And with my knees shaking, I start working my way towards the door and take a peek around the door jam to see what's going on outside. Uh, Mal would like to follow him. Okay, so you're kind of like letting him peek around by himself, and you, but you're, you're right there. Okay. So while this is going on, and we'll get to that, Lance, what are you doing in particular, if anything, now that it's died down and you've heard Fleeple and Mal having this conversation? I am peeking out from under the table, and I am seeing if my idiot of a bodyguard is dead. (laughs) Okay. Go and roll me a perception check, because there's quite a bit of chaos around here, and, and at first glance, you don't see that there's any bodies, but we'll see what your perception check reveals. Perception is 18. 18. Looking around, you don't see any bodies. You don't see your idiot bodyguard. You don't see anybody in here other than Mal, other than Fleeple, and the tavern owner who's like slowly starting to stand up behind the bar and like kind of peek around. With your high perception roll, a lot of loose like jewelry that seems to be 
scattered about or like dropped near the front entrance where uh, Mal and Fleeple are currently standing. That feels like a little bit of a secret motivation that the DM gave me to join them. Well, <laughs> I shall go over there and I shall try and slyly pick them up. Okay, sounds good. Well, as you're doing that, Fleeple, you're going to be looking out the door, so you go ahead and roll me a perception check as well. And you have dark vision as a kobold, correct? Yes, I believe I have greater dark vision. Don't quote me on that. I'll check just to make sure. Uh, But that is going to be a 22. Okay, 22. So as you peek around, Fleeple, this tavern is uh, on the southern end of greenest here and so as you just as you peek around you you're looking basically north at the whole town of greenest a little bit north and uh and you know distance wise having lived here for quite a while that there seem to be some orange glowing like that might indicate fires near the outermost parts of greenest here not anything near you currently but you do see a lot of people both villagers and non-villagers, kobolds kind of scattering about uh, amongst some of the roads and amongst some of the buildings as well. You hear a lot of shouts, you hear a lot of uh, terrified screams, but with your high perception roll, you also see something else that you weren't necessarily expecting to see. But it only it's only brought to your attention when all of a sudden a shadow is cast over the moon, the moon sky. You look up, and as you look up, you see a winged creature start to make its way, kind of drifts lazily, and does a U-turn back towards Greenest. With your background and just you being a kobold, you are confident that that is a dragon. I instantly just flip my uh, sheep's wool over my head and get down on all fours and start quaking and shuffle my way back into the bar. While this is going on, since the only one person really paying attention to you, Lance, is Bevan, the tavern owner, you can roll a sleight of hand check if you'd like. I will do that. Okay, go ahead and roll me that. And no, this isn't this isn't stealth. This is sleight of hand. That would be a a 24. Okay. So as you uh, make your way almost like a performance, almost like you are uh, at playing a part here, you uh, are like crouched to the ground, like skittering across, like making your way over to Bevan, the, the tavern owner. And just as you as your hands like are on the ground, as, as you crawl, just you're picking up all of these items here. <laughs> yeah. It, it's almost as if you were swimming and just uh, collecting them up like a vacuum. But yes, you uh, successfully, uh, what once was glittering and gold on the ground, or shiny is no longer present on the floor, but it seems with Fleeple's reaction and Mal being so focused on what's outside and Bevan that nobody seems to be the wiser of what you just did. How much did I gather? You'll have to evaluate that when you have some more time. And Bevan, uh, he goes, uh, Fleeple, Fleeple. Uh, yes, Bevan. What, what do you see out there? Are, 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 we, are we safe to go to the keep? Oh, there's a lot of commotion going on. It seems as if the northern part of town is having the worst of it. There appear to be some fires, and there appears to be a dragon out there as well. Oh, like, uh, like, like one of you, yeah, uh, uh, a little, little dragon, 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 dragon. <laughs> no, like, uh, like the kind that people talk about in fairy tales: bite your head off, steal the maiden, take it off to the keep, and bad stuff. Hearing that, Mal is gonna run to the door. Okay, roll me a perception check. While you're doing that, Bevan he keeps talking with Fleeple. A real dragon, Fleeple? <laughs> a real dragon wouldn't be around in these parts. What, what would a dragon have use for here in Greenest? <laughs> That's what we need to find out. 
Uh, well, I feel that some of the adrenaline from your uh, impressive defending of the winged dragon here is uh, getting to your head there, little boy. Mal, what did you roll? A six. Okay. It's dark, and you can hear a lot of screams out there. Uh, there seems to be a family screaming fairly close to where you currently are at, but you search the skies, and uh, it just seems to be dark. And I look up towards Bevan, and I kind of puff up my chest and say, You're a kind and shrewd man at times, but you can also be a bit of a dullard. I need to go and help these people. Thank you very much. And I turn my back on him and start walking towards the door. Okay. Well, not even going to have a roll for that. Bevan's just a little speechless at what just happened there, and it's just... Oh. Well, 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 come on, Havork, come on, Elf, you, you, you heard him, uh, we, we gotta go help those people. And he gets kind of a walking stick out from behind, and it's kind of got like a club uh, at the end of it, not really, and uh, but he's like, uh, well, lead on, go go on. Oh, I, I, I'm I, not much of a fighter, unfortunately. Um, Perhaps it's better if I stay behind and rally the troops? At this point, what's everybody's passive perception? Twelve. Fifteen. 13. 15, 12, 13. Okay, all of you. 12 was the minimum there. All of you, as a Filippo, you start to make your way out while, while you're still in the light of the, like the flickering torchlight of the tavern. Um, you notice that Fleeple's the wool that he has on his back, it very oddly and strangely, all the hair just kind of starts to stand on end. And it's very unusual. You think that Fleeple might be doing it. And Fleeple, you, uh, you feel kind of it standing on the edge as well. Like you feel like, whoa, something's going on with my, uh, with my wool that I've got here. And as you all are focusing on this, you hear this. It's a mixture between a, a rumble and a thousand pebbles cascading down like a riverbank. Like and that starts off really slow and it starts to build and build and build until there's just this massive eruption. that is deafening to all of you. And that eruption happens just south of where you are. And not five seconds afterwards, um, you hear this as this just giant creature flies over the tavern and just with rapid speed just unleashes another breath of lightning into a home on the east, just east of where you are, and just, it ignites it into flame. It seems that the dragon was not fictitious and is near your vicinity currently. With my background, would I have the knowledge of what type of dragon this would be? Oh, absolutely. Uh, with that lightning and just like the crackling sound that you, uh, that the building of the breath, you would know that this is a blue dragon for sure. With your high perception roll in the moonlight, you can see the pronounced horn coming from uh, the nose of this dragon as well. And the wicked teeth that it has is just from this gigantic maw, which is, indicates it is a blue dragon. But as it unleashes its breath, it flies off eastward, and it seems like it's starting to make its pass uh, on the eastern portion of the town, away from where you currently are located. And so I start uh, rubbing my arms with the fleece, and there's little sparks of electricity kind of shocking, and I turn to the others and say, Uh, this, this is not good. Um, I'd imagine that we're not going to be very safe if we stay inside, and I imagine we're not going to be very safe if we go outside, but at least there's answers outside. 
And Bevan just shocked at what he sees. He goes, Hey, um, <clears throat> well, uh, at the very least, we can go to the keep. Uh, that's got stone walls and, uh, I imagine a little bit more resistant to, uh, some explosions. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that idea. I, I would agree with that. You said the dragon hit a house that's now on fire? Yes. How far would that house be from where we are? I mean, maybe a hundred feet away from where you currently are at. You can, yeah, you can see that there's a family who's actually limping out of the house itself. A, a woman uh, carrying a, uh, a a shield and a, a stick. She's ushering some children out of the house. They seem to appear to be unscathed, but there's another larger figure uh, seeming to be like a, uh, a a man, but he seems to be limping while he's holding another child, and they're making their way northward towards the keep that um, Bevan had mentioned. Uh, Mal will put her hand on Fleeple's little tennis shoulder down there, all the way down. We have to help. She'll run off and busy herself with making sure that everybody's out of that house and making their way toward that keep. Okay, sounds good. Have to's a strong term. I look up towards Lance and I say, we're playing for keeps this time. Let's get on our way. So, Mal, you're kind of the first one heading towards these figures that you saw. And Bevan is shortly behind you, Lance. But, Mal, as you are running up there, shortly behind these individuals, there seems to be three children, a man and a woman. Uh, The woman kind of armed to the teeth for a villager, you know. But out of nowhere, there are a bunch of kobolds that pop out. It seems the lightning seemed to mark a location for these kobolds to strike or to, to investigate at the very least. You see eight kobolds kind of come charging from both directions, both north and from the east, not where you are, and they seem to be kind of flanking them here. The woman, she's going to be kind of chilling here while uh, the husband and the three children are going to try and go around the house and at least get some cover. So it's this woman and these eight kobolds or seven kobolds as they come running towards you. Just to get a better idea of that, it seems like these kobolds intend to do harm while these this woman seems to be standing off and holding, trying to hold them off while the rest of her family can run away. I imagine you would like to engage as well. Is that correct? When, when I reach her, just making sure that everyone's out of the house, just... Is everyone out of the house? Is anybody left? Is it just you and your family? Okay, so we will get to that, but first I need everybody to roll initiative. Come on! Man. All right. 20 to 25. Okay. 15 to 20. Okay. <laughs> 10 to 15. 12. 11. Okay. And Lance, what did you have? Six. Man, a strong six. <laughs> okay. Well... These four kobolds, they all are going to go first here. They are going to, yeah, they are going to go first and they are going to try and surround her. And this is before you actually even get to her, Mal. So they're going to kind of, in a formation, make sure she can't escape anywhere. So these two on the southern portion, they're just, they're not going to be doing any attacking. They're just going to hold on to try and get her from going away. Then you got these two who are going to be attacking her. Ooh, one missed... Oh, the second one missed too. As they go up with like their spears that they've got, they try and jab at her, but her shield, she's holding it. And she definitely seems well that she knows what she's doing with the shield. And she just bats it down, bats it to the side and kind of kicks one into the face and pushes it backwards. And just the kobolds go (laughs) and kind of like start rubbing their nose. So um, those are the first kobolds there. We then go to Mal. 
Perfect. I'm going to run up and they're surrounding her. Yeah, so they, they, she's partially surrounded. Three cobalts haven't acted yet, but you have a clear line of shot uh, going west to east. Uh, you can get right to her side without having to go through any cobalts if you'd like. Perfect. I will do that. Okay, sounds good. So you run up right behind her, right beside her, behind her, um, and you are kind of back to back with her, looking around, making making sure that she can't get surrounded, that you can't get surrounded, but you, you are in the thick of it. That's your move action. You're able to get all the way there with your move action. Excellent. I yeah, will stab someone with my spear. The closest one, I'll just take a jab at the closest kobold. You got it. Go ahead and roll an attack. 15. Nope, just kidding. I'm poisoned, so I have disadvantage. <laughs> 15. 15? All right. Yeah, still poisoned because somebody cheated at the drinking game. Hey, you're not. You're poisoned not because I cheated. <laughs> you're poisoned because you sucked at drinking, okay? <laughs> uh, well, regardless of your drinking uh, abilities, that do- that is a hit, so you can go and roll damage on that. Uh, six piercing damage. Oh my goodness! As you, you you're running past these kobolds, you go back to back. You see the one nearest you, and it just kind of grins. And you just take your your spear and just <laughs> right into his uh, shoulder. It goes right through his uh, makeshift armor that he's got. And he goes, <laughs> and he falls to the ground. Uh, that kobold defeated. So one down. Would you like to do anything else on your turn? No, I'll just stay, yeah, still guarding her, trying to make sure we don't get surrounded and flanked. Okay, you got it. Fleeple, it's your turn. All right, how far would I be from this fray at the moment? You're about 60 feet, so if you wanted to, like, get in the middle of the fray, you'd have to spend a move and uh, your extra action to do another move, but... Well, 60 feet is actually perfect. I'm going to use my 30 feet of movement to get 30 feet away from them, And then I'm going to cast Produce Flame, which has a range of 30 feet. So uh, are any of these kobolds, this guy to the south, is he within five feet of Mal? Uh, He is, yes. Sweet. I have pack tactics. If I have an ally within five feet of a target, I get advantage on the attack. So I'm going to throw my flame at this guy to the south. And that is going to be a modded 20 to hit. All right, well, that's a hit. Go and roll your produce flame damage here. Yep. In total, that's going to be seven fire damage. Ooh. Despite these kobolds having scales, you being a kobold yourself, you know exactly the weak parts that you can insist and uh, will the flames to go into and uh, erupt. And underneath his armor, Mal, as you're staring next to the one right next to him, he's ready and he's gearing and just as he's about to stab with his spear, just his entire body underneath his armor just... <laughs> ignites and as it ignites he just screams this wretched scream that you uh, haven't quite heard before before he just falls to the ground a crisp corpse so you have defeated a second one within seconds of getting into this fight fleeple all right so that was your move that's your action is there anything you'd like to do i'm going to just turn to the rest of the family on the other side of the building and say don't worry we've got this taken care of and that will conclude my turn Uh, Go ahead and roll a persuasion check. Persuasion. Not great. That's a five. This kobold who just blew up another kobold is trying to convince them it'll be okay. Okay. As you look at them, you kind of like grin in the moonlight. And to the father who's, you see now his his left side, he's got uh, fresh blood just kind of falling down a, l- a little steadily. It's not gushing, but the three children who are just terrified uh, standing near him. 
they look towards you as you just kind of smile at them and they <gasps> and they shrink backwards a little bit further into the darkness away from you. Not seeming terribly comforted. Uh, not unexpected. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's the other three kobolds uh, to the north here. It's their turn. They're going to surround the rest of you. And them seeing that two of their individuals have fallen, they're all going to take shots. One of them with a uh, bow and arrow, actually. And the other one, other two with a spear. Uh, they're actually going to be facing you, Mal, directly. And they're going to be attacking you also with pack tactics. So one is a 17 hit. Yes. Okay. And then that is going to be... Oof. That's going to be four points of piercing damage, and then does a 16 hit. Yes. Okay. And then you're going to take five points of piercing damage as well. And then the uh, third one with his bow, he's going to take a shot at the woman here. Oof. And she, that is definitely going to be a hit there. That's a 19 to hit, and is also going to do three points of damage to her and she looks fresh in this fight but doesn't look she doesn't have any armor on she doesn't look like she's a well-seasoned fighter so on the three damage to her and it's my apologize it wasn't a bow it was a sling and so a rock just smacks her um in her uh, head and it just she you see a little fresh blood just falling down from her skull there but those are the cobalt's turn lance it's gonna be your turn i turn to the tavern owner who i'm standing next to and i say uh, which way is the keep? As he uh, looks at you, he just frighteningly just kind of points in a northeast direction there. And sure enough, uh, over the tree line, you see this uh, tall tower, which seems to indicate where the keep currently is. It seems to be about two to three hundred, maybe four hundred feet where you currently are. It's hard to tell. Right through the kobolds. <laughs> So you can go through the kobolds. There's the, they're on the road currently. There's also this stream uh, that the family is on, and it doesn't appear to be uh, guarded. Um, you could try to go through the stream, but other than that, you'll be running past the family, the kobolds, or going into the stream. Okay. I just think to myself for a second, and I think, oh, if only I could cast fireball, and I run. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And I gosh. run to. Hey, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I. Okay, I'm gonna get like right up here. So about 35 feet from the fray. Yeah, because there's a house there and it looks like there's some slats even poking out. I'm gonna try and like. Do they. Or, well, do they see me, these kobolds? Do they like actively recognize me? You can, since there's a battle, they're consciously aware, but you can roll a stealth check. So I bonus action hide. Yeah, so you could do your bonus action high to roll it. If you rolled a stealth while you were running, you'd only be able to move half your movement, unfortunately. So what I'll say is you can make the almost 30 feet of your movement to do the bonus action hide if you wanted to kind of be remain hidden. I'll actually just, I will take that half movement and just stealth along the way. I don't know how far I get though. Okay, you'll probably get like right to this alleyway. Uh, there's an alleyway between some of these some of these buildings here. I can do that. So I'm stealth, do I, I roll a stealth check? Yep, so go and roll stealth on Sweet. that. Sweet, and because of my boots, I get advantage. Awesome. That's going to be a stealth. Oh, snappage. That's 24. Ooh, wow. Second level stealth. It's no joke. Okay. So you are sufficiently stealthed, you feel. Yes, and I will take out my short bow, aim it down the way, and I will shoot the cobalt. Right next to Mal? Right next to Mal, yeah. And because I'm hidden, I get advantage. <gasps> Ooh, yes, you do. He does do. not know I'm there. And I say, surprise. Oh, double eights. But that's okay. These guys aren't too hard. 13. 
13, that is a hit. So go ahead and roll damage, and I believe sneak attack damage. It is sneak attack! Yeah, first time I get to do that! Alright. That's all bad. <laughs> but still. Uh, that's plus three is six damage. Six damage. All right. As you take out your short bow, your arms and hands quivering ever so slightly. But uh, right before you release, you go. <sighs> and uh, as you release the, bu- the bow, it goes. <sharp inhale> Mal, another one to your right. Just <sharp inhale> just falls face, uh, face down in the dirt. She'll look around bewildered at where that came from. <laughs> What? And the three kobolds around you seemingly to have been defeated currently. And I will bonus action hide. (laughs) Okay, go ahead and roll another stealth check. So they can't see where it came from. Stealth, stealth, stealth. Oh, that's only an 11. Ooh, okay, okay. Well, we'll see if that's enough, okay? Bevan is too much of a wuss, so he's just kind of, he's going to follow you, Lance, and just be right behind you (laughs) because your 11 was not enough to hide from him. He's just chilling there with his walking staff. So we come to the top of the round, um, and we only have two kobolds from the first attack here, and they are not looking happy, but they are just going to go at the woman here in front of them. They have pack tactics, so... Ooh, that is a 14 to hit, so that's going to hit for the first one. Ooh, and a 17 to hit for the second one, so it's not looking good for this woman here. Oh, she's so lucky. She takes seven points of piercing damage from these kobolds, and as she does, she just gets overwhelmed with the the wound on her head and with the being stabbed into the her side and her legs. She falls to the ground, unconscious currently. Mal, your companion in battle, has fallen behind you. Um, these kobolds, they are, are they're cheering gleefully because <laughs> that's how kobolds cheer. So, <laughs> so Mal, it is your turn. Okay, she's going to stand right over this body with her spear raised, defending this now unconscious woman, and she'll slap her shoulder and cast Mage Armor on myself, because I should have done that in the tavern. All right, sounds good. So what is your AC bump up to now? My AC is now 15. 15, way to go. Okay, so as you are defending this unconscious woman, you just cast mage armor on yourself. And as you do this purple and red mist, like seems to erupt from your shoulder. And as it does, it envelops your body. And as it does, the reddish glow just kind of remains while the purple mist kind of, and uh, you now are glowing with this red kind of energy indicating the mage armor is active on you. As Lance sees that from behind the house, he just goes, <laughs> clever girl. Lance is going to be full of, full of references and puns. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, it is Fleeple's turn. All right. Playing off of this Jurassic Park energy, I'm going to start rushing in, noticing that Mal is now by herself. I'm going to rush in to kind of join the melee, and as I'm running, I start motioning around with my hands, and you see the magic coursing through the fleece crawl up my claws, and they grow longer and jagged. My teeth grow large and pointy, dripping with acid. I cast Primal Savagery, and I am going to attack the kobold immediately to the north of Mal. Okay. Um, Primal Savagery, is that a bonus action? Uh, so it is a cantrip full action. 
the attack is part of the spell. Oh, wow. That is clutch. All right. Well, as Mal, as you're standing over this body, you hear just this primal roar come from Fleeple. As he just lunges in your direction and kind of frightens you a little bit. Uh, you think he's lunging at you and then just goes right to this cobalt to the side of you. Fangs and just teeth just frothing at the mouth almost. Go and roll your attack, Fleepool. Uh, that's going to be a 10 to hit. Ooh, not quite enough, unfortunately. As you lunged this cobalt, it was in haste that rage seemed to, like, fill you too much, and uh, the cobalt just is ready for your attack, he, and he, he puts a spear up, and your your mouth goes across it, and your hands kind of grip onto it, and you, you, you tussle for a little bit before he shoves you off, but you are near Mal. And was that with advantage, though? That was with advantage. Uh, the other roll was an eight. Oh, bummer. So, yes, but you are standing next to Mel over this unconscious body here, kind of looking at everybody. So, that is your goes or anything else you'd like to do on your turn? Uh, that will do it for me. Okay. Well, this kobold, it's now his turn, and being face-to-face with you, confused at another kobold attacking him, and he's actually going to take a turn, and he's going to speak to you in Draconic and go, Hey, what are you doing? We're supposed to be going after the big ones, getting their money. And I turn to him and I say in Draconic, Sorry, I got really sloshed at that tavern over there. I'm not quite thinking straight. And he kind of goes, eh. And then he's going to attack Mal. (laughs) So that's going to be a non-natural 20 to hit. I mean, barely. Just barely hits. She has mage armor on. That's going to be four piercing damage to you, Mal. All right, what are you looking at, Mal? I'm at 10 because... When I reduced that other guy to zero, I got temporary hit points because of the Dark One's blessing. Very nice. Thank you for letting me know about that. I mean, that's not a thing that I can do. (laughs) All right, so that's his turn. The other one with the short bow, he's going to kind of look at you, Kobold, and he's going to go, and he's going to fire at Mal as well. So, (laughs) Ooh, that's a 23 to hit, so... They're rolling really good. Mal, that's six bludgeoning damage. I mean, kobolds are awesome. What can I say? Kobolds are pretty good. And sorry, again, that was a sling, not a not a bow. But yeah, you, uh, Mal's not looking great, it looks like. So, Lance, it's your go. You see uh, Fleeple just, this tiny kobold run into danger here. This unconscious woman on the ground. Uh, Mal's just getting a beating despite having this magic envelop her. What do you do? Uh, sneaky, 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 sneak. Uh, over to this doorway. Use the doorway to kind of try and hide my body a little bit. So, and a bonus action hide. And for that, I rolled a 23. Okay. You feel sufficiently hidden. And I get the bow out again, and I will aim for one of the slingshot guys. Yeah, this guy is probably my best aim part. Okay, so yeah, the one right next to Mal and Pleeple. Oh, wait. Ooh. Could I not? Ooh. Oh, I don't know if I can retcon this. Can I not actually do bonus action hide? Sure. Okay. Thank you. I will try and get this better. I'm learning it because they're right next to a target of mine, so I have sneak attack anyway. So negate that roll, but I will then fire my bow. Okay. Uh, do you want to do the one that is melee with Mal and Fleeple, or the one who is a little bit behind doing the sling at Mal? I'll do the. What is the melee guy holding? Can I see that? He's just holding like a, a makeshift spear. I'll do that guy. I'll just do that guy. Okay. Sounds good. So go ahead and roll. Not with advantage. Yeah, it's with... No, you're right. Sorry. Not advantage. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's only if I'm hidden. Let me roll again then because I rolled with advantage. Ooh, that's 12. That just hits. Woohoo! All right. Sneak attack. Damage. 
That's better. That's gonna be a nine. All right, as that cobalt just went for Mel and got, got Mel and brought her down and the other one with the sling, they're like, this cobalt turns to you, Filippo, and goes, well, get get her, make, make sure you get any one of her right in the throat. And the cobalt with the swing, sling goes, oh, and kind of looks up at you, Filippo, like, what the heck just happened? And now I will bonus action hide. <laughs> and that's gonna be, oh, not, uh, it's 14. Okay. You hear from the door behind you, Bevan goes, Elf, Elf, where are you? Where'd you go? He's trying to find you. I, I stay silent. I don't want him to give me away. All right. So uh, it's now the unconscious woman's turn. She's going to roll a death saving throw. <gasps> no joke. Natural one. <gasps> Two fails. Wow. Two automatic fails for her. She is not a seasoned veteran here. And so she is quickly bleeding out. And it's it's noticeable to you, Mal, and Fleetball as you are over her body currently. So yeah, we go to the top, go to the two uh, kobolds on the east. Having seen four of their members be taken down, they kind of look at each other, look at Mal with the strange red glow as she's just kind of heaving to herself. As this confused kobold is like with his fangs and dripping poison, they think better of it and they're going to turn around and they're going to try and flee in an eastward direction away from where you are. Now, Mal, you are in melee with both of them, so you can have attack of opportunity against one of them if you'd like. Let's do it. Okay, go ahead and roll. Oh, 11. 11? And was that with advantage that you rolled? Disadvantage. Oh, disadvantage, sorry. You really got to get over this headache because you're like, I see them, but you slice through the image you were looking at and you shake your head and they're, they're already moving away from you past the burning house. So yeah, unfortunately, uh, this first battle not going great for you, Mal. Sorry to say. I've been in the woods a long time. It's hard, man. But it's your turn. And you just have the unconscious woman underneath you, a kobold with a sling that's been doing a significant amount of damage to you, maybe 10, 15 feet away from where you currently are at. Fleeple to your side, and that's your situation currently. How far away, what's their movement speed? How far away did they get? I mean, if you were to guesstimate, maybe anywhere between 20 and 40 feet. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell, especially you being poisoned or drunk right now. So. Well, I'm just trying to see if I could run up to right here. Yeah, you could try. As you make your movement, you you are able to catch up with them and pursue them. Okay, I'm gonna say some funky sounding words that my demon taught me, and I'm gonna slam my hand into the ground and cast Arms of Hadar. Tendrils of dark energy erupt around you and batter all creatures within 10 feet of you. Each creature must make a strength saving throw. Okay. As you run up to them, your voice just seems to echo, and Fleeple, you can hear this from across the way. You've heard Mal talk, and this voice, just disembodied voice almost. (laughs) And just this energy just emanates from where she is. They have to make strength-saving throws? Correct. They're not very strengthy. One of them rolled a 17, the other one rolled an 11. Mine's 12. Okay, so one succeed and one fails. The one that's north to the left of you, it fails. The one on the right succeeds. If they fail, they take 10 points of necrotic damage. If they succeeded, uh, they take half, so five. Okay, as you just, uh, I guess, what is this energy that's coming out around you? How would you describe it as it's uh, emanating from your, your spell here? The tendrils that erupt out of the ground break apart the ground and are filled with dark, not quite opaque energy that seems very reminiscent of the dark energy of my mage armor. Doesn't have the red in it, just the, the almost smoke-like, but not quite tendrils, so they're able to grasp onto and just continue to squeeze until they stop moving. 
Gotcha. And so as these tendrils, they erupt from around you, disturbing the ground. The two kobolds are, uh, they shrink back in fear as uh, this unearthly magic is approaching them. And the tendrils just, they seem to like hover in the air. And then uh, they just, with this lightning fast, grab the one on your right, grab the one on your left. It just... And it just seems to be sucking and just this pulsing of black energy seems to be flowing from them towards these tendrils going into the ground. And these kobolds just, before they can even make a shriek, both of them just go limp in these tendrils. And as the spell, is this an ongoing spell? No. Okay. So as the spell begins to fade, the tendrils, they kind of like start to dissipate. But then at the last moment with urgency, they, and they just drag the bodies back into the ground under the earth unseen. And so you have successfully defeated these two kobolds that got away. <laughs> and do you get a temporary hit points for that? For each of them. So the way temporary hit points work, unfortunately, is if you, uh, unless the spell states otherwise or some other things, temporary hit points don't stack on top of each other. So when you get temporary hit points, it is like you get three. And then if you get another instance where you get one temporary hit point, it replaces that three. It's a it's a weird mechanic uh, since that seems to be like a focus of your class. I just want to clarify that before we go any further. So how many do you get? Uh, three per. And so three. So you get three temporary hit points right now, despite having killed two. And so, Mal, you are in front of the burning building currently, and that's where the two kobolds have met their demise. Fleeple, it's your go. You have this unconscious body that is bleeding out profusely next to you. The kobold with the sling looking very afraid as it's being abandoned just itself right now. Um, What do you do? I look back and forth between the two a couple times, and I start to devise a plan. And hoping to ply this kobold's confusion to my advantage, I start stumbling towards him as if in a drunken stupor and say, Hey, don't worry, bro. Don't worry, bro. I'll, I'll help you out. I'm not going to run away from you. Just give me, give me a shoulder to lean on. And I reach out with my claws and just rake across his chest with primal savagery. Okay, go ahead and roll an attack. Uh, is there any chance I can get that with advantage because he's not expecting me to attack him? But roll a deception check. Deception. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. That's a natural 20, actually. (laughs) So as like this, you stumble forward, this kobold's like, this starts pulling out its dagger and then you're like, oh, okay, oh, thank you. And then just right across his chest. So roll with advantage, sir. That's gonna be a 15 to hit. That's a hit. Dealing uh, two acid damage. Oof, okay. Two acid to this uh, kobold. He's definitely hurt but he's still standing, and he goes, Hey! Hey, what the heck? What the heck? I say, sorry, man, sorry, my, my, my depth perception is really out of whack, and I look back at the woman at the crossroads, and with my bonus action, I'm going to cast Healing Word. Nice. Okay. Go ahead and roll for that. That's going to be five hit points that she regains. Woo! As you uh, say this to the kobold, do you whisper back as uh, you look at this woman, and uh, as you do, she goes, <gasps> and she life seems to surge within her and her wounds like her head wound starts to close up um and it's it's interesting not not uh interesting to you because you uh you see this all the time fleeple but there seems to be some like wood and like some holly like creeped up from the ground and like like interweave itself into the wound before it breaks away leave, uh, revealing just like brand new baby flesh so to speak it where the wound was bleeding profusely the druidic nature of your magic anything else on your turn 
And uh, I look back at her and turn back to the other couple and say, Oh shoot, this is bad news for us, man. We gotta get out of here, maybe. I wasn't gonna allow this, but go ahead and roll another deception check, this time with disadvantage. With disadvantage, okay, I got a plus one, that's a four. Okay, uh, it's this kobold's turn, and he goes, Man, I don't know who you are, but I'm getting out of here! <laughs> and he's gonna try running away, but you get an attack of opportunity. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to... Does it have to be a weapon attack for attack of opportunity? It has to be a melee attack. Melee attack, so... Primal Savagery is a melee attack. Yeah, so if it's a if it's an on is Primal Savagery you cast it each time or Yeah. So the uh, the physical transformation happens as part of the action used to cast the cantrip. Since that's the case, you probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't be able to do Primal Savagery, but we could say you can get like a dagger or a staff out real quick if you'd yeah. like. I pull out my one dagger that I carry on my person for reasons unbeknownst to me. That's a 15 to hit. Go ahead and roll uh, damage. I believe that's a d6. D4. Minimum damage. That's going to be four damage. Four damage. How do you want to do this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I. He starts running away from me like, hey, wait, man. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We'll be all right. And I'm just running after him. And he's looking at you going like, no, no, no. And as we're tussling, I'm like, no, no, it's going to be okay. And I put one hand on his chest and reach the other hand up and just plunge it very gently into his rib cage and I said, no man, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> I take everything I said about Fleeple not being a monster back. Well, as he falls to the ground, I pull the dagger out, look back at the woman, look at the family behind the house, and I pull out that little uh, holy symbol of Bahamut, and I say my prayer, Bahamut yothrasvim kraks, lower chikik marsvervrak, and I place the pendant to my forehead and conclude this little prayer and start running back towards my friends. The three children who have been watching this are terrified, <laughs> but confused, not necessarily frightened, like frightened at you, but uh, maybe it's just shock. But we can say we're all out of combat now, successfully. Well done, everybody. As you run over to the a woman who is uh, who was bleeding out, um, she kind of uh, starts standing up, Ugh. and she sees you, Cobalt, and she goes, Ugh. And she starts, she raises her spear and she goes, she goes to attack you. Do, do you stop her or? I stop just shy of her attack range. And I also channeling some Jurassic Park energy, crouch down with my hands out and I just go, oh, it's going to be all right. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Your family's behind the house. And I skirt around her and start heading towards Mal. Okay. So as she just smashes the ground, you step back a little bit. She kind of jabs at you with her broken spear and you kind of, you dodge out of the way as you like start slowly making your way around. Uh, the moment you mention her family though, she goes, oh. she kind of looks back to you, looks at the, the house and um, her husband is kind of like staggers out and she goes, oh, and she just rushes on over to them uh, to see if they're all right. And so you run over to Mal. Okay. Uh, Lance, what are you doing? I will because I'm hidden right now from everybody. I'll put my bow away. Bevan is going, Elf! Elf! I think we can come out now. Good idea. And I will, I'll put my bow away, and I will walk out to kind of the main center fair. Just a bunch of cobalt bodies just strewn everywhere. I will just say, uh, in light of possibly more coming to attack, I would suggest we make our way to the keep. Post-haste. But before we get back to this, Mal was standing transfixed 
watching the fire, like non-responsive, spear hung loosely in her hands, like almost hypnotized by it when Fleeple comes up to her. I walk up and I look at her and she's just staring at the fire and I kind of clasp my hands behind my back and kind of rock on my feet a little bit. She's not noticing me, is she? And so I go up and just like tug on her cloak a little bit. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. And that will rouse her. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. And she'll like kind of look around. No more kobolds except for this little one. Post haste, if you please. Yes, the fire is very pretty, but if the elf is telling us we should go, we should probably go. Uh, yeah, uh, lead on, little one. Uh, and she'll just kind of give it like a, uh, that was dumb, and follow the elf and kobold. Okay, so while you all kind of uh, meet back up together, Bevan is uh, over with, with the woman and making sure that the children are safe, and he has uncharacteristically grabbed one of the children, is uh, carrying them, and all following after you. So what, what marching order do we have here, if any? Hmm. So I think since I'm probably the most familiar with the area, I'll take the head, uh, be checking around to hopefully avoid any other scuffles along the way. Okay. Can I look to see if Mal's caravan, if the people have started, like if she can see any of them following to the keep? Uh, do you go back to the tavern or are you just like as you're running? As as we're going, I want to try and see if I can pick him out if, or if I need to go find him. Okay, so go and roll a perception check. And Lance, are you just kind of in the middle of it all, like with the children and stuff? I'm going to be stealthing most of the time there. So I'm probably going to be farther back behind people. So I'm going to be stealthing near the back, just always like looking around, trying not to be seen and trying to just try to make sure I'm not surprised. You will move a half move. Everybody else is going to do a dash and a double dash, but you will be, you will, they will slowly make their way further than you. Wait, is everybody running or are we walking? Probably running. Oh, if we're running, then I probably won't be stealthing. I thought we're all walking like with a guard up, not just like sprinting. If we're running, then I'm just running. I'll be in the back still, but I'll be running. Okay, sounds good. Well, Fleetful, um, you are leading them towards the keep. Uh, again, it's about 200, 300 feet from where you currently are at. You have to go through this tiny grove of trees. You go through this stream, which is maybe comes up to uh, most everybody's ankles, but Fleeple, yours comes up to like your knees. <laughs> and uh, as you do, uh, you just, you hear just the loud, deafening roar of a dragon. As you get closer to the keep and that roar just reverberates to your bones. It just shakes you. Most of you having never seen a dragon before. Most of you never having, uh, never thinking you would ever see a dragon in your life. This is truly a terrifying experience for all of you. But nevertheless, uh, you, you find that there are guards positioned kind of at like uh, crossroads trying to get people out of out of houses, out of homes. You see a scuffle here. You see a kobold being driven back. Surprisingly, you see humans fighting each other as well. You don't see just uh, monsters or drakes uh, running about. Um, there seem appear to be uh, some hooded figures who are slashing with daggers, who are shooting with bows against guards, who have their shields up as they try to reflect the arrows away from the villagers, who are firing back at them as well. This is a, a little bit odd. It's, it seemed that there, this maybe was just a monster attack, a monster uh, ambush here, but uh, seems to be more of a coordinated effort here. Who had the passive perception of 15 again? That would be me. Okay. Fleeple, as you are running past, uh, you see this scuffle with one hooded figure and the other with being a guard, and this hooded figure has a dagger. And as he uh, slashes this dagger, um, it's a very 
it's not a normal dagger at all. It's a it's a very intricate design. It's a very curved, like I guess we could say traditionally elven blade almost, but it doesn't look elven to be in the slightest. It's very jagged, uh, and on the handle there appears to be uh, not spikes so much as the hilt seems to be designed as a very flowing motion to a point to where you could either stab with the front or back of this dagger, it appears. But the design is very distinct uh, for you, and so uh, it definitely pulls your attention even as you're running to the keep. But a couple other guards, uh, they just usher you onward as this battle, is occur- uh, as two more join in that battle and push against this hooded individual. And so you, you guys, you, you make your way towards the keep here now. You head eastwards into the keep, and this just ha- is lined with guards. And these guards are uh, pushing back kobolds, shooting arrows at these hooded individuals. And you seem to be one of the last uh, humans, and as you, or humanoids, I should say, and as you're running up, the guards seem to be closing the gap in behind you and uh, this family that you helped and uh, assisted. And uh, as you make your way up to this massive double doors here, people, you know that this is Nightfall Keep, and it is pretty tall. It's the tallest building in the entire uh, town of Greenest. It's a good 25 feet tall as uh, all of you are making your way up of stone walls with the small tower that Lance, you were able to see earlier from the, uh, the tavern itself. It has two massive heavy wooden doors, and as you and the remaining soldiers and townspeople rush through, these doors are immediately closed behind you, and as you look as the doors are closing, just uh, a wave of kobolds are making their way, and with some arrows being loosed into the double doors as they close with a resounding And as soon as they are closed, soldiers from inside the courtyard here, they're getting um, other wood. They're getting these massive bars to try and jam in and block the door. Just a few seconds later, you hear pounding on the other side and yelling from these monsters and uh, from some of these humans as well, or humanoids that you had seen battle earlier. But for the moment, you're safe. You're inside the keep, and it appears to be secure for the time being at least. And at this point, Philippe, you notice that Bevan's not there. He's actually rushed inward to the main hall, helping the family that you had. And it just appears to be guards and you three standing there by the door. And as I watch after Bevan running inside, I say, uh, he does have a couple of good bones in his body. And I look up at the guards and look down at myself, pull my fleece a little bit further over my head. And back up to my friends and say, uh, I suppose there's other help that needs to be offered here. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we should leave that up to the professionals. Um, I, I prefer to, I don't know, I don't see how we can be help in a keep. In what way do you propose, little one? I don't know, but help is needed. There's, there's got to be uh, something we can do. Well, I don't know about you guys, but, um... I see some stairs over here up to the top of, like, a guardhouse. Yeah, so, Mal, as you're looking around at the courtyard, indeed, you do see that there are stairs leading up to a parapet, uh, which does seem to line the walls here. So you see these stairs leading up, but you also see that uh, doorway going into the main hall. But yes, that seems to be part of your surroundings here. Lance Thalen, if you'd like to find a place to hide, I would not blame you nor be surprised, but I would like to find out what's happening in the rest of the town, so I think I'm going to go up here on this parapet and find out. Fleetbull, you with me? I say yes. I'll come with you, and I look back at Lance Stalin, and I just go, uh, we're, uh, we're going up to the walls. Do, like, the finger guns thing. You wanna, wanna come with us? Uh, I, I suppose I can take a peek. 
it's it's really quite a nice view. Uh, it's a little bit tainted by death at the moment, but yeah, I'm sure it's real good at this time of day. <laughs> well, you, dark vision is good for some stuff, and I uh, start following Mal up towards the wall. I will follow. Okay. All right, so all of you, uh, you make your way up to the wall here and kind of keeping your head down a little bit just to make sure there's no incoming fire that can um, that might accidentally graze you. Filippo, you don't have to duck at all because it's hard to see over the wall anyway. But as you do look over the wall, you'd first off notice that there are about 20 guards on the top of this wall spread out evenly, uh, most of them firing down with bows and arrows, some of them just hiding behind uh, as arrows are coming up on the wall. It definitely seems that there is a passive battle, so to speak speak like a passive battle of like ah i'm gonna shoot you but you also might shoot me so we have to be careful so uh who's looking over the wall hmm, i'll take a little peek i'll take a peek i'm imagining like a three stooges sort of situation just one after the other the heads are stacked <laughs> yeah <laughs> boink 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 Okay, but Fleeple's at the top of the stack for some reason. Oh. <laughs> so as you uh, look down, who has dark vision here? All of us, I believe. All, look at that. Okay, as you look down, there appears to be quite a few number quite a number of individuals here. A vast amount of kobolds rushed the door and somewhat greedily, but unfortunately are unable to make any headway at the door there. You do see that they're followed by, or overseen maybe is a better word, by a couple of humanoid individuals. Some of them with their faces shown, faces bare, and carrying wicked looking just weapons, but there are three hooded figures in the back a, a ways away that appear to be talking amongst each other, but it's hard to see their faces. I'm just going to look at Fleeple. Are these all part of that Tithar thing you were talking about? Tithar, it is. Yeah, that, that thing. Uh, in the draconic tongue, um, Tiamat is the goddess of all that is evil and draconic. These people appear to be of that persuasion. I was just going to say, do I see the dragon still? Uh, go and roll me a perception check. 14. 14. You're looking around and you, but most most importantly, probably more effectively, you're listening. Do you hear the flapping of wings? Do you hear the lightning increasing? And at the moment, you don't. So the Tiathar, is that like an organized group? Or is that like just people who follow Nah. In the draconic tongue, Tiathar means the spawn of Tiamat. I, uh... I myself am, unfortunately, Tiathar myself. It is printed upon my scales, as you can see. But I like to think I have loftier aspirations than most of these other persons. So this isn't like an army attacking that we need to take out the general or something. Sorry, this this hangover is just... You really should, like, dunk your head in some water or something. I, I really think we should leave it to the professionals. We're not necessarily going to be too helpful in battling an army. And I look at him and I say, uh, we are the professionals. Nope, nope, that is not true. Um, I am not a professional of that. I am not a... Didn't, didn't you have a guy with you, Lance Thalen, that made... That was hanging around? I did, and he disappeared, and I am not regretful of that, because he was, as they say up north, a douchebag. I didn't think Coab was quite all that terrible. Oh, he was pretty bad. He was pretty bad. From what I, what I hired him to do, uh, he was pretty bad. Well, you seem to have a professional opinion on the matter. I'm, I'm, I have a professional opinion of good help, and he was not good help. 
But you know who is good help? And I point with my... Don't point to yourself. No, okay. (laughs) I point with my thumbs to myself and then to Mel and then to Lance. And I'm just kind of like pointing at all of us with my thumbs. Doing the... uh, uh, uh. I did. I did. Nope. I'm. I'm not a good. I'm not a good fighter. I didn't help in the last battle. There was definitely some arrows flying around, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't the wind. You're drunk. You're drunk. But uh, that was not me. As this strange and hushed argument is occurring, actually coming up the same steps that you did. By the way, there are a lot of guards up here, and they're kind of focused on the battle. But some of them are looking at you like. Who on earth let these people up here? Like, what what are they doing up here? But as you're having this argument of who's professional and who's not, you see coming up the stairs, three individuals making their way towards you. One is a portly man who has his right arm in a sling. And since he's the first one that you see, uh, it's very clear to see that the right side of his face is bandaged. And he appears to be limping as well. His clothes appear to be uh, recently uh, disheveled, some of them with black scorch marks. Uh, The other one uh, seemed to be fresh with his own blood. Shortly after him, there is a he's being chased by a dwarf in full plate mail with a gold shine to it, uh, who has a wicked looking mace and an enormous set of keys on his hip. Under his helmet, you can see bright red hair, which matches his intricately braided beard that he has. And the other individual is a familiar character who carries a shield and a broken spear as she makes her way up behind them. This is the woman that Fleeple you rescued from death. As, as they're coming up, the dwarf is speaking. You're in no condition to walk. You're hobbling like a three-legged goat, and your arm is practically fallen off, and your face, oh, don't even get me started. You shouldn't be. And the portly human, he interrupts and goes, Thank you, Escobar, but my town still needs me to lead. Linen, these are the three that you spoke about. And uh, the woman points to all three of you, and she goes, I, Mayor, yes, these three, uh, they, if I'm not mistaken, they saved my life here. And the, uh, the, po- the portly man, he walks over, goes, Well, Linen here said that you saved her and her family from being overrun by kobolds, and uh, I can't say that there are any many residents of Greenest that would be willing to take on so many individuals or creatures, let alone strangers like yourself. Well, uh, other than you, Fleeple, of course, but... Um, you, you get what I'm saying. And with this, he kind of looks over the edge of the of the parapet as an arrow kind of uh, takes a guard in the shoulder. He goes, and uh, he falls to the ground. And the, this individual goes, look, I don't have a lot of time to talk. To be frank, I need your help. My guards spotted a group of raiders going to the mill with torches. And it seems that they intend to uh, burn the mill to the ground. Well, if they set it to a fire, we will lose most of our stored supply of food and we will be unable to make more ground flour and uh, more supplies for the next coming months until we have it rebuilt. I'm assembling a dozen of my guards to protect it, but as you can see here, we're tied up for the time being and I need a strike force to get there as quickly as as they can to stop those raiders from setting it ablaze. Can I ask of you to to see this through, to, to get there quickly and stop this from occurring? I think I, I think I really need to clarify. We are not professionals. <laughs> I grab uh, Mel and Lance. No. Oh, this is just like my bodyguard. I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I grab both of them in kind of that buddy-buddy hug and look up towards the mayor and I say, Yes, mayor, I only surround myself with the most professional and heroic of individuals. And you'll see them before your very eyes. And the dwarf goes, <laughs> Why, this is a motley crew if I've ever seen one before. Nope, I'm not a crew. I'm not in the crew. 
Oh, and Mal is going to be holding him there like Lance is staying. Yo, you're drunk. You're drunk. <laughs> and the dwarf, he turns to the mayor and goes, Mayor, look, I know we're spread pretty thin here, but do you think we can count on these these green adventurers to help us out with something as important as this? And the mayor, he kind of turns back to him and he goes, Frankly, Oscobear, I don't think we have much of a choice. And I'm, I'm willing to take any help that I can get, as he looks back to all of you, uh, expectant for an answer. We'd be happy to. I'm not a fighter. On one condition. Uh, yes, what, what is it? Do you have a healer of any kind? I mean, in a place like this, it, ugh, uh, there has to be a somebody, right? Escobar goes, <laughs> this one looks like she drank a little bit too much before the raid. <laughs> and he comes up and he, uh, with one finger, just kind of boops you in the head. And as he does, you feel this surge of uh, energy just kind of flow through you. And uh, he, uh, you feel oh, the sickness or the drunkenness being removed and purged from your system. And he goes, uh, well, I wasn't expecting to use that today for a hangover, but if it can help you fight better, I guess it went to good use. Whew, that was like a dunk in a cold barrel of water. Whew, what was that? Oh, just a little bit of a special magic that the old mayor keeps me around here for. Uh, uh, well, I think I might have a way to help you out if, uh, if you're looking for... And before he can even finish his sentence, a deafening roar just reverberates the sky again, and you see that blue dragon with the wicked horn coming out um, from its nose, just swooping down, and it appears to be coming right where you are, and the guards are yelling, Dragon! Form up! All of them get their bows and get their shields ready. I need everybody to roll initiative, please. No, I'm not fighting a dragon! (laughs) Okay, 20 to 25. 21! 24. Whoa! Okay. Jake? I'm rolling a lot of 19s tonight. Lance is 24. Mal is 21. Some of the guards are 22. So that's pretty good. 15 to 20. Well, rather, just Fleeple. What'd you get? I got a five. Five. Fleeple got five. Okay. All right. All right. Lance, you are first. So it's just swooping down at us. Yeah, it's within, like, 30 feet of where you currently are, and uh, you are first here. Uh, well, I was trying to hide my bow skills. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go, <laughs> fire a bow. Okay, sounds good. Because that's all, that's all I got. That's all I got right now. All right, go and roll an attack roll. And it's not sneak attack or anything. Not sneak attack, not with advantage. That's 17. No, 18. 18. That is a miss. Yeah, because it's a dragon. <laughs> As you fire the air, ah, it's just bing, right off the scales of the dragon. And I will just like try and like duck under all the bodies around me and hide. <laughs> cool. So go ahead and roll me a hide check with your bonus action. Mal, you're next. That's a, dang it. That's a 12, no, 13. 13, okay. We'll see how well that does. <laughs> All right, Mal, you're next. I know how dangerous dragons can be, so um, seeing this massive one and we're on top of a parapet, I'm going to pick up Fleeple and I'm going to hightail it down those stairs trying to drag Lance Thalen behind me, like trying to find cover, getting down off the wall and trying to find cover. Okay, with Lance currently hiding, I'll need you to make a strength check. 
that would be a non-natural 20. Okay. So you can definitely drag him, but you are hindered in what you are doing. It took a mo- uh, action to grab, and you're only able to move 15 of the probably 40 feet it is to the stairs. But you are moving further away from where you currently were at, and you are ducked down behind, and you're just dragging Lance, and you're, dra- uh, you're carrying Fleeple currently. Okay. The guards, they, one of them goes, Ready! Fire! And 10 arrows just right up against the dragon here. So we're gonna roll 10 attacks. So of the 10 arrows, only one seemed to actually do impact and do damage to the dragon. And the dragon doesn't seem to really, doesn't really seem to pay any mind here. And the dragon is just kind of continuing to swoop in. It's now the dragon's turn. As the dragon gets to this clump, it's flying within 30 feet. It just rears its head back. just this explosion of lightning into an area where a lot of the guards were. Two of the people who let loose arrows, they immediately just fall to the ground dead. And the dragon just kind of... And it's going to take a look at the remaining archers that fired at it, and it's going to invoke its frightful presence against it, against them. So those are the guards. The dwarf grabs the mare and he goes, I told you before, get down to the bottom and we'll take care of this. And he just kind of, <laughs> he pushes him towards your direction where you're heading towards the stairs. And he uh, he grabs his bow, uh, actually uh, a javelin he's got, and he just chucks it at the dragon. Ooh, he rolled a 10, so... Uh, that's unfortunately not going to do anything there. But the the javelin just, uh, it reaches the dragon, but the dragon just flaps it away with its wing and just kind of uh, is hovering there in front of the keep here. Fleeple, it's your turn. Uh, might as well cast Produce Flame on this thing. I'm So I'm underneath Mal's arm. I'm like taking sort of a gunner's position and I just grab my left arm with my right and do kind of a cocking motion and fire a bolt of fire at the dragon. <laughs> That's a nine to hit. <laughs> as you <laughs> produce flame, you just see in the distances <gasps> and that's it. Uh, just like off the off the scales of the dragon, just uh, seeming not to have any effect currently. Then the other ten archers are going to go now. Fire! I would just like to point out that in medieval times, they didn't say fire for archery. They would say loose. Yeah, but this is D&D. <laughs> all ten miss, all arrows. Just against the scale of the dragon as it just starts to uh, scream, a triumphant scream into the into the air as it just just keeps flapping in place. We go to the top and Lance, it's your go. I book it. Okay, <laughs> so as Mal was dragging you, you stand up and just and just double dash down the stairs into the main hall area. Okay, sounds good. And I will just boom, press press like I'll go into the door. And I will just go around to the wall side and just, <laughs> just right there. Since the mayor didn't get a turn, I forgot his turn. We'll say right after Lance's turn, the mayor yells to Mal and Fleepo and says, Please, my men need help. Is there anything you could do? As uh, he runs over to you. Mal, it's your turn. This is like asking like at a high school football game, Are there any kindergartners that can help you? <laughs> This is not a good idea. It's not like the guards are better prepared than you are. All right, Mel, here go. That's insane! And I'm just going to keep running. <laughs> oh, now she doesn't want to fight. I have seven hit points! 
<laughs> All right, so you're taking Fleeple along, and you probably get to the stairs and start making your way down. You're not all the way down yet, but you are, uh, you've hit a couple stairs down. There are a bunch of other guards that are going to let loose, but most of them have disadvantage here. Nope. Nope. Okay. One arrow gets through. Ooh, it does max damage of seven. There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Seven. That one archer is just doing wonders there, and the dragon's a little, like, <sighs> he notices it just... And it starts to just flap its wings a little bit further away from the, the walls. Let's see if it gets its breath weapon back. It does not. So the dragon is going to then use its action to fly away and do like a solid arc away from the keep. So it looks like it's flying away, but it's probably going to make another turn and come back. Fleeple, it's your go. All right. Having heard the mayor's pleading, uh, seeing the fear in his eyes, I look down at my holy symbol of Bahamut. I place it against my forehead and I say, Vethimolik tuor uks. And I wriggle my way out of Mal's grasp and I rush up to uh, the parapets and I look up towards the dragon and I shout in draconic, Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell at this dragon. I shout at the dragon in draconic, What business do you have with the citizens of Greenest? Because we've already established that is what Draconic sounds like in this campaign. Go ahead and roll me a persuasion check. Oh yeah, this is not going to be good. That's going to be an 11. 11. We'll see if on the dragon's turn your words fell on deaf ears or if maybe it warrants a response. Fleeple, is there anything else you do on your turn? I rage against the dying of the night. I stand defiant in the face of the dragon. Wow, that is a great description. I will remember that. Uh, it was also misquoted. It's actually Rage Against the Dying of the Light. Oh. It is not us for us to question why. It's for us to do and die. <laughs> Almost epic. Okay, another um, another loose of arrows go out. Miss, 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 miss. Miss, miss, miss. Miss. Ooh, one hit. So one arrow. One arrow goes through again into the dragon. All right, and, ooh, surprisingly, uh, another javelin gets thrown by the dwarf here, and it actually makes impact. Ooh, with disadvantage for the range. Ooh, very nice. As the dragon uh, takes a javelin to the chest and just, uh, after it impacts, uh, knocks it out and breaks the shaft out. It's going to do, yep. This dragon is looking very annoyed here. Lance, it's your turn. I hide. <laughs> I literally can't do anything. I mean, I, yeah, I, this is. Okay, Lance hides. The mayor, uh, before Mal's turn, he goes, please, I I know we probably can't do much, but if we're gonna go down, it, it'd be best to go down fighting. Mal, it's your turn. <sighs> She'll roll her eyes and climb up on the parapet. Stupid, freaking stupid. And just stand up by Fleeple, wearing profusely. Do you wanna die? And she'll let loose at a Eldritch Blast at the dragon. All right. 16, 19, 20. Oh, 21! <gasps> That's a hit! Seven! Yeah! <laughs> All right. Seven damage to the dragon just as you're like, ugh. And you're like, this isn't going to work. What is your Eldritch Blast since it's the first time we've seen it? My Eldritch Blast, it's a blue, super light blue, almost white, like a frost. Ooh, very nice. And as it just builds in your hand, you, you turn to Fleeple, do you want to die? And just <laughs> Eldritch Blast up to him. Seven points of force damage to this dragon right in its face and just 
and it actually starts, it falters a little bit as it's flying before catching its wings and just... The dragon's turn being now. The dragon just kind of and just flaps its wings and it gets comes down. Let's see if it's breath weapon. Oh, it does. It does come out. The breath weapon just kind of and uh, it, the one who did the most damage though, the arrow guy. Not him, not the one, not the one. <laughs> not Robbie. It, it, it rockets, it, it, the lightning just that whole side of the wall and three individuals go down, including Robbie, who was an expert at his arrows. However, immediately after this, the dragon just swoops away to the eastern direction, away from the keep, away from where you are, and just... And it gets quieter and quieter as it goes off into the distance, and you just hear this primal roar from in the distance, and uh, you all wait. Lance, hiding in the keep. Fleeple, Mal, waiting. Mal, your Eldritch Blast, like, summoning it and getting it ready for a moment's notice. But after five minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes, seems that the dragon is not coming back. And why a dragon wouldn't take you out immediately is weighing heavy on your mind. And the mayor walks up to you and Mal just kind of grabs your shoulder and goes, Thank you. I don't know what you did, but you drove that dragon away. And that's where we're going to end tonight's session. (laughs) We ended it like we ended the last one. Two people fighting, one hiding. (laughs) I'm sorry, was Flippo really fighting so much as... Oh, come on. He was trying, and it wasn't... He wasn't emolting as last time. <laughs> <laughs> and and produce flame. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. There you go. There right. you go. Right? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see what uh, Lance has in store for him after hiding after a dragon battle. We see what everybody else on the parapets has in store for them. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. If you want to reach out to us, please feel free to leave us a five-star review. Um, it would help us get our name out there and uh, get this D&D adventure to those who would enjoy it just as you did. I'm Thomas, your Dungeon Master for this week's session. The characters we have are... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Good night, everybody. <laughs>